Welcome to AT Parenting Survival Podcast, where you get support and guidance through the chaos of parenting. Here's your host, child therapist, Natasha Daniels. Well, hello there, and welcome to another episode of the AT Parenting Survival Podcast. I hope you guys are doing okay. I know most of you are getting your kids back to school pretty soon, if not already, and I hope that is going well. We are going to be talking about something that I can't believe I haven't done a podcast episode about yet, and that is helping kids with nightmares. Because if they have a lot on their mind, or as my daughter would say, a lot on her chest, then more often than not, they're going to experience nightmares maybe more than the average child. And so I want to talk a little bit today about what you do with nightmares, how you handle it with kids, what can you do about nightmares, and how do you arm them with some skills to get through it. Before I get started, just quickly, a little update on what is going on in the AT Parenting Survival World. I am very busy at work creating my online class, How to Help Kids Who Are Scared to Sleep. And so I thought this would be a good addition covering this topic. My class opens up pretty soon. It's going to be opening up September 11th. So if you're listening to this in real time, that's only in a few weeks. And I will be doing a webinar on September 11th for five days on five of the most common things that parents do that do not help when when kids are having fear issues around sleep. So some of the pitfalls, some of the inadvertent mistakes that I see time and time and time again in my practice, I'm going to be going over that in a webinar. So if you are not already on my wait list, you want to get on my wait list for two reasons. One, you'll be notified of my webinar. So you don't have to wonder, I wonder if she's doing her webinar because it's only going to be around four or five days and then it's gone and it will be on demand because I do not like to wait for things to happen. And so I don't want you to have to wait either. We don't have time for that. So um, if you get on my wait list, you'll find out about the webinar. And also you will hear it first about when my class opens and people on my wait list, even if you're on my regular list, but you're not on my wait list, you have to be on the wait list to get, not only will you get a discount the first week, but you will also get a special bonus that I'm not talking about, but it will be a good one. So you can join my waitlist by going to www.bitly, that's B-I-T dot L-Y slash sleep waitlist. And if you did not get to download my free PDF on 15 of the most common reasons why kids are scared to sleep, you might as well grab that because I don't know how long I'm going to have that out there. So you can grab that at, you can actually text me if you want that at 44222 and just text me sleep fears, all one word, and I'll get that over to you. Or you can just go online and go to www.bitly, bit.ly slash sleep fears. Okay. Well, enough of all that kind of stuff, but I hope that some of you are excited about this class because it is very systematic and I'm making videos for you and some directly for your kids so that you learn the ideas and then I help you teach them to your kids. So hopefully that will be effective in your home. All right, let's talk about nightmares. So the reason why I wanted to do this episode is because nightmares are kind of a separate sleep issue and we're not talking about sleep terrors. So there is a difference. Sleep terrors are very physiological. They tend to happen with kids who maybe have other other sleep disturbances, like they sleepwalk or they, they talk in their sleep. 
and they, they bolt out of bed and they're all sweaty and they don't remember anything that they dreamt about. Maybe they're really hard to calm down and maybe they bolt out of their bed and they're like still in a dream state for a while. That's not what we're going to be talking about today. Those are sleep terrors and that's a totally different thing, but we're going to be talking about nightmares where a child actually has a vivid dream, a dream they remember. They get really upset about it. It stays with them and then they get afraid to sleep the next night. And it can actually cause a lot of sleep struggles because kids become kind of aversive to going to sleep because they get concerned that they might have another nightmare. So I think the important thing to say is that we can't control our kids' sleep. (laughs) We can't control if they have nightmares or not, and they can try to control it, but they're not going to always be successful. There's not like a silver bullet answer to having good dreams. There are some things that you can do to stack the deck in your favor, but there's not a guarantee that your child's not going to have nightmares because nightmares are a a natural part of, of our dream state. You know, a lot of times we're working out some of our struggles and I think anxious kids and kids with OCD tend to have more nightmares because our brains are more creative and we can think of all the possibilities and all the things that can go wrong. And so that gets stored in our brain and it gets processed in the evening or when we're sleeping. I know for me as a recovering child with anxiety, I have nightmares more often than not. It's just, it's just part of who I am. Um, it's very rare that I don't have a nightmare, which I guess is kind of really sad, but when I'm waking and my, my husband always says, it's better to have nightmares when you're sleeping because your life is so good versus nightmares when you're awake and having good dreams. And I think that's a really beautiful way to look at it because it's true. You know, I don't have horrible things happening to me, or at least that's not my perspective in life. And so my brain uh, has to get all that anxiety out somewhere. And a lot of times it does it through nightmares. So same thing with probably your kids, they are working on things and they have fears that they're collecting, whether it's OCD concerns or anxiety concerns, and it will come out in their dreams periodically. So let's talk about the things that you can do to stack the deck in your favor first. And then we'll talk about what you can do when they wake up after having a nightmare, because it's almost like twofold, right? So the first thing is let's stack the deck in their favor. So when they go to sleep, the more calming and soothing the environment can be the better. So I will go all into that in my sleep class of just how do you create a very um, soothing environment. And a lot of that has to do with things that we don't think of, which are tackling their thoughts and making sure that we reframe and, and attack their negative distortions, their thoughts that are bothering them that keep them up. And that'll be different for each kid. So we would definitely want to reframe those. That's something that I think most people miss when it comes to sleep. So I talk a lot about that in my sleep class, because I think that's, that's a component that's almost always missing when people are trying to deal with sleep, but that's not what this is about. So we want to have our child listen to something that is soothing while they go to bed, because whatever they are thinking about as they fall asleep, has a higher likelihood of winding up in their dreams. Not always, but we're stacking the deck, right? So I want my child to listen to guided imagery. I want them to listen to a happy, a happy story. That's trying to sue them. I don't necessarily just want to focus on music. I know a lot of people just play music. I really want to paint a picture in my child's mind of something beautiful and happy 
and enjoyable. One thing that I just started doing with my seven-year-old and a friend actually suggested it, which I think is brilliant and I'm taking it and I'm teaching everybody else about it is I recorded my own guided imagery on her iPad. And I, if you listen to any guided imagery, this is really not that hard to do. So I just do some breathing and some muscle relaxation. And then I put her on the beach. And then when she's in the beach, I have her like dig her feet into the sand and really feel the sand. And so what I'm doing is actually grounding her at that point. And then I have her put on headphones and then I have her press play. And then she's listening to me and I'm giving her positive affirmations, which are things that, you know, I'll just say, I use her first name and I'll just say blank is, you know, so, you know, she works so hard and people just really enjoy her. It, it'll be different for each kid, but you just find the elements that make your child sparkle. And that's what you relay. I also add in there things that she would love to have happen. You know, like you get along with your brother and your sister. Um, you just ask your child, what do they, what do they fantasize about? If they had a magic wand, what would they wish for? And you just sprinkle that also in the guided imagery. And that's very relaxing and comforting. And those are really warm, fuzzy thoughts that they have before they go to sleep. That does help, uh, possibly deter a nightmare because they're, they're falling asleep in a really calm state. And the last things that they're thinking about are things their brain is liking and enjoying. So there's that. The other thing that you want to do is not over-process problems at bedtime. A lot of times, this is the time where our kids are kind of talkative because they don't want to go to sleep. So they're a bit chatty. And a lot of times they're kind of regurgitating or replaying all the things that happened to them that day. And normally it's not the good stuff because they want you to stay in the room and they know that you want to hear this stuff or that you want to help them or that's the time where they feel safest to get it all out. And so bedtime becomes kind of a, a processing venting time. And if at all possible, you want to deter your child from doing that and you want to move that into a different time. And so maybe right after school is too much. You know, some kids, they just can't process things. If I see that my child is not okay after school, I'll give them a snack. And then I'll say, can we go talk about this in my bedroom or in the office? And I'll try to get them to process it at that time so that it's not happening right at bedtime. Or if they can't do that, then maybe like right after dinner, you know, I saw that you had a bad day today or you look really upset. Let's just spend some time talking about it alone. I've got 15 minutes. Let's just hang out and talk about it. Then we're kind of, we're hopefully avoiding that, that time at bedtime when they're going to spontaneously want to discuss it. And then you feel bad about shutting them down because if their last memories are about all the bad things that happen, then that's not going to be good. We also want to address their nighttime fears. So this is, that's a totally different podcast. And actually next week I do have it planned where I'm going to be talking about how to help kids with bad guys, because that is the number one. I'll give you a little, a little sneak peek on my PDF of 15 of the most common reasons why kids are scared to sleep. Number one, like David Letterman, for those of you that remember David Letterman, number one is fear of bad guys. <laughs> so I actually was surprised that I haven't had a podcast on this. I did a kid's YouTube video on it, but I haven't done a podcast. So I'm going to do that next week. That would be a good one for any of you that have kids that are going to bed with one eye open metaphorically, because they're so scared that they're going to be killed in the middle of the night. That's very common. And if I'm worried about being killed in the middle of the night, 
by the time I go to sleep with my hypervigilance alive and kicking, I am much more likely to have a nightmare about something with that theme. So we want to tackle the thoughts about bad guys or whatever other fear theme they have going on so that they don't bring that into their sleep. So that's another thing that you can do. And then there's not much else you can do on the front end. You do want to look at medications. If your child is having a lot of nightmares, you want to look at medications and see if any of them have side effects that cause more nightmares. Some SSRIs and some medications for uh, mental health issues can cause more lucid dreaming. And so you want to talk about that with your psychiatrist. Some people have a side effect with melatonin where it, it can create more nightmares and many other people don't have those side effects with any SSRI or melatonin. So it one does not equal the other, but it is something to look into as well. If this is happening all of a sudden and you're like, Oh my gosh, what is going on here? And you've started a new medication or you started um, another supplement. Look into that because just because it's a supplement as well, doesn't mean that it doesn't have side effects or impact your child physiologically. I think a lot of times we think, well, it's a supplement, you know, so it's natural, so it should be fine. They come with their own side effects as well, because anything you're putting into your body can have side effects. So talk to your doctor about that kind of stuff too. If your child's had major sleep issues from the get-go, from like birth, and they're having night terrors and they're having sleepwalking, again, talk to your pediatrician because you could do a sleep study and really see what is going on. For this episode, I'm just talking about your typical run-of-the-mill nightmare, although many of us have kids that have them much more often. So then you want to talk to your child about what to do when they have a nightmare, because the second part of this is that they become very avoidant of going to bed. And this happened to my Miss Seven. She started having nightmares. She's very much like me. Out of all my kids, she is definitely the genetic mini-me, because like all the issues I struggled with as a kid or she is as well. And all the things that I was good at, or that I was, you know, my personality traits she has as well. I mean, she's her own unique person. They are all unique, but she's very similar to me. And so she has a lot of nightmares because I think her brain operates a little bit like mine. And for a little while, she did not want to go to bed because she was worried about having these nightmares. And so what I had talked to her about. And actually my son had a period of time too, where he was having nightmares. And when I talk to kids, my kids or kids in my practice about nightmares, I'll say, we can't necessarily control if you're going to have nightmares. You know, we all have nightmares and they're not fun while we're in them, but then we wake up. Right. And so when we wake up, what do we want to do? And I actually trained my son how to do this way, way before my daughter started having issues and because they both have anxiety and OCD. So OCD especially likes to really hold on to things and then torture you later with it. And anxiety likes to do that on a smaller level, but still equally disruptive and annoying level. And so, um, he was having bad dreams when he was a little bit younger and probably around the same time as her. And I would teach him to, when he has a nightmare to get up, turn his light on to reset you know, so look around the room because a lot of times with him, he was like thinking it was in his room. It was normally like a bee. He had a lot of bug dreams, a lot of bug anxiety. And so he would think that he heard bees in his sleep and that would be like incorporated in his nightmare. And then he'd wake up and he, he would like scream, there's bees in my room, mom, there's bees in my room. And I'd be like, there's no bees in your room. So 
I'm sure he has a lot of different, different types of nightmares as well, but I have, you know, I would support him, but over time I would teach him. I would say, what we're doing is we're turning your light on because we want your brain to fully wake up, right? Because they're not going to go back to bed. Let's be realistic and look around the room and realize, you know, that it was just a dream and tell yourself it was just a dream. I am okay. I'm okay. And then we want them to reset themselves. And so for if a child has a bad dream about a bad guy or something, they might have to look around the room and make sure they feel like they're safe. Maybe we have to re-tuck them in, but ideally I've been trying to teach my kids to, to do these things on their own. So it's a process. So for a long time, you know, I would be woken up by them and then I would turn their light on and I would show them how to handle themselves. And now we're at the point where I don't know if my son has a bad dream or not, he takes care of it. And my daughter as well, unless it's like particularly bad, it's not like I'm missing an action, but we're going to have a lot of nightmares and it's, how do you handle them? And so he looks around the room. He sees that he's safe. Uh, he might read for a little while just to reground himself, uh, or touch something like his weighted blanket and put it around him to ground himself. And then I have guided imagery on his iPad locked so that he can play it again. And so my daughter, actually, she really likes the guided imagery that I recorded for her and for her, because he's doing well now. So I'm not hearing that he's having any nightmares, but she continues her whole life. She has had erratic sleep and a lot of it's just physiological. Like she just wasn't a good sleeper from, from infancy. She's very dysregulated and easily woken up. And so a lot of it doesn't have to do with anxiety or nightmares. It's just, she wakes up and then she's like, she doesn't know what to do because she can't go back to bed. Well, that's a separate topic, but it's been a long road with her because, um, getting her to be independent and put herself back to sleep is, has been a little bit of a struggle, but she's on a good roll recently with that. She's an early, early waker, like four in the morning, kind of early waker. And not because she's anxious. It's just, it's a physiological problem. She should probably get a sleep study. (laughs) So, so what I'm training her to do is to also turn her light on to ground herself. Uh, Another way to teach kids to ground themselves would be to look around the room and, you know, the five senses kind of thing to ground themselves. What do they smell? What do they hear? Um, I don't necessarily like that in the middle of the night because that could be kind of creepy if they're like listening to what they can hear. Can't really smell much. But if you have like lavender or something that you spray on their pillow, they can smell that. They can put their guided imagery back on and reset themselves. And so with my daughter, she had a nightmare the other night and she didn't wake me up. And she said, mom, I got up and I had a bad dream and I turned my light on and I don't have, I don't use smells with them because my son, I use lavender for, for both of them for a little while. And then I don't know what I used with him, but he just, his allergies got out of control because of it. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, we're not going to use oils anymore. You're too sensitive, but, um, she has a weighted blanket. So she got her weighted blanket as ad- added security. And then she played the guided imagery that I recorded for her, which was really cool because she, it, she said, not only did it kind of reset her, you know, and it kind of changes the channel in the brain, but it also was me. And so it was soothing because it was my mom. Like it's my mom talking to me. And so I can close my eyes and I can imagine that my mom's right there and it's easier to go back to bed. So it's a very helpful tool to have a recording and you can lock iPads so you can have it on there and then lock it and you can look at your settings on how to do that or Google it. 
because I'm not going to go into it right now. It's a little complicated, but you log it and then they can only access that one app. And so I like that so that she can't access anything else. The other thing that can be helpful if your child has recurring sleep disturbance is using Delta waves or theta waves. Those can be really helpful. And so Delta waves are the kind of brain waves that we have when we're in a good solid sleep. There are apps that will just basically have um, waves. And so there is an app called brain waves that I just recently discovered. It's actually called brainwave dream inducer. You can talk to your doctor about that because this is not medical advice. I'm just telling you what I use and you can pick which wave you want your child to hear. And then there's music that can go behind it or over it. And that can be very helpful. I actually use that when I'm sleeping as well, because Um, our brain will try to synchronize with the wave that it's hearing. And so if it's synchronizing with Delta waves, that can be very helpful um, and move me into a sleep state, hopefully rather quickly. So you can definitely check out something like that. I know like at Target and Walmart, I think, well, I know a long time ago at Target, they had CDs that had like dream music and sleep music and they had Delta waves built in behind it. So there's a lot on iTunes as well that can be a really, really helpful thing. And you want it kind of like on tap. You want it available for your child so that when they have a nightmare, they have tools in their room to take care of themselves. A lot of times I think what happens is we don't really train our kids what to do when they have a nightmare. And so inevitably they call out for us and they want to be reset and they want to sleep in our room and they can't go back to bed. And if we're proactive and we say, When you have a nightmare, let's talk about what things you can do. And for some of you, it might not be a big deal to go and reset them, but it's still a really nice thing to give them independence and to teach them ways that they can self-soothe. Even if they call you and you're okay with, you know, getting out of bed and going and resetting them or, you know, calming them and then having them come in your bed, whatever. We're all different on our levels of okayness with all that kind of stuff. But in my house, it's a daily occurrence. It can be a daily occurrence depending when you have three kids. Well, luckily my 15 year old is like not a problem, but, um, they take turns and sometimes they double team, you know, so someone has a nightmare and then the other one has a nightmare or someone can't sleep or I can't sleep. And so it's a daily thing. And I think if you're raising a child with anxiety or OCD or multiple children with anxiety or OCD, it is not a once in a while, typical parenting kind of issue. It, it can be an everyday issue. And it can seem like not that big of a deal to a parent who's not raising a child who's having a lot of nightmares, but to the parent that is raising a child with tons of nightmares, sleep deprivation is not your friend. And you know it really well, because if you're dealing with nightmares every single night, you get afraid of going to bed because you know that 8 PM or 9 PM doesn't mean good night. It means let's just start this thing, right? I'm going to wake you up every two hours and it's going to be a nightmare. Oh, you see what I just did? <laughs> I don't even do these things on purpose. So we, you know, we don't want to have to be the band-aid that helps the nightmares every single night, unless you want to, and that's up to you. But even if you do, it's, it makes a child feel really good to be able to take care of themselves or at least know how if they want to. So teaching them how to look around their room, it's, it's super simplistic. I get that. But yet we don't really do that with our kids proactively and say, look, if you have a nightmare tonight, what can you do? Well, I can turn my light on, look around my room. 
I can ground myself, whichever, whatever that looks like for you and your child. And then I can listen to my guided imagery or I can listen to you and your recording of me, or I can get my weighted blanket or I can get my lavender and smell it. And these are all really helpful things that we kind of replay before they go to bed or maybe like while they're getting dressed. We don't want to necessarily say in their bed because we don't want to set them up for, for failure where they're afraid now because we brought it up, but you just go over this and, and empower your child to have the tools to help themselves. So there's not much else to do with nightmares. If it's an ongoing continual thing, like I said before, definitely go seek out advice from your pediatrician or a sleep specialist. There are things that they can look at and see what's going on, but I'm talking about your typical or your atypical anxious kid who's having a lot of nightmares, but these, this is not a neurological issue. It's just happening a lot. So hopefully that helps give you some ideas with nightmares. There's no silver bullet answer that I've ever found. I wish there was, but I have found that when my kids felt like they have a plan and I don't guarantee, I don't tell them they're not going to have a nightmare. I just say, let's just get you, you know, sleeping. Let's think of some good things. If you have a nightmare, I hope you don't, but if you do, what are some of the things that you can do to help yourself? And that's all we can do. And it's more than nothing, right? I mean, a lot of us don't really even prepare our kids for nightmares and they've been having them a long time and we don't really, we wouldn't think to prepare them. It's a kind of a weird concept, but it is something that's really helpful. And even if you get out a book that you say, here, this is your book. You, I'm going to put it right by your nightstand so that you have it. Or here is a book nightlight so that you don't have to turn your light on. If you don't want to, you can just clip it on your book. These are all amazing tools. So I hope that you have a very good evening and your child does not have a nightmare because <laughs> that is so exhausting. And stay tuned for my sleep class. In my sleep class, we go more into a lot of other sleep issues. We go into the core fear and we go into how you help kids tackle their core fear and then move from there. There's like a four-step process that I walk you through. So I hope to see you in the class. And like I said, next week, I'll be talking about bad guys. So a lot about things that impact sleep. So if you're enjoying my podcast, if you can hit a star on iTunes, I greatly appreciate it and show people that you value this podcast. That is awesome. And if you have a few extra minutes and can leave a review, that is beyond awesome because not only do I appreciate it and it really helps, but I think it tells other parents that there's some value in the show. So to show my gratitude, I always like to leave ending reading one of those. And so Mac B33N3 said, this podcast is so good. I have two kids with high anxiety. My eight and six-year-old's anxiety shows up related to doing new things, especially without me or my husband present. So going to school, anxious, going to swim, anxious, and so on. But Listening to this podcast has put anxiety in a new light, and I'm learning how to help empower my kids. My only wish was Natasha was my children's actual counselor. She is so sweet, and the things she advises are doable. This podcast is worth listening to. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. That's so kind. So if you have something to say about the show, please leave a review, and maybe I'll be reading your review next time. So don't forget to find the sparkle in everything you do, and I'll talk to you next Tuesday. Take care. I'm a mom of a daughter with OCD. I live in South Africa um, and it's a country that doesn't have a lot of resources for children's mental health and specifically 
OCD. Really was at my wit's end on how I'm going to support my child, how I'm going to do ERP, how I'm just basically going to, to parent a daughter with OCD in a country that has little to no resources. And at times it got just debilitating for us as a family and I was super lonely, um, people weren't listening, I didn't have any support. The AT community has been an absolute lifesaver. Natasha has been instrumental in the past few months in helping us set up ERP challenges, going through them step by step, being supportive each and every step of the way. Joining the AT parenting community has been one of the best things I could have done for me and my family. Uh, Natasha has built this community and it is exceptional. I've learned so much. The support is fantastic. It's it's just been life-changing for my daughter. Um, it's so nice to be able to ask her live questions in office hours. She's there. She responds. Uh, her live videos every week where she asks us what we need her to talk about. Uh, also her forums, again, where you can ask questions. She's on there all the time. She is very present. The resources she's had provided, the worksheets, uh, there are so many things in this AT parenting community that are beneficial. Natasha gives you so much of her time and her expertise. She's there to answer your questions, so it's such a personal way of getting help and support when it's much needed. Personally, the community has helped me because I feel like I needed my support. And then you have the added bonus of this fantastic community of parents who are going through such similar things and suddenly you're empowered and have ways of accessing help and making a real difference to your family. And also just the support of all the other moms and dads, it's really good, you know, we laugh together, we cry together, we fail together, we succeed together, um, and, and everybody gets it. Everybody gets it, and it's such a nice community to be with, and I hope you join us. You won't be disappointed. Try it out. To learn more about how you can become a member of the AT Parenting Community, go to atparentingcommunity.com.